here's the thing. I love Valentine's because I like to see people at the peak of their relationships. You know, we get to see the beginnings, the peak, uh, then the affairs, then the divorce, then the ugliness, and then another peak. <laughs> okay, so the joke we have to make about all this, and nothing personal to anybody in Vietnam, because I'm not making fun of you, but the name of your money in American English has a meaning of an eggplant. It is literally called dong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just going to leave that there so we don't get banned from YouTube again right now. <laughs> By the way, welcome I, to the Village of Podcast, rated yeah. 225. <laughs> hey, man, out of a million, that's a win. I mean, that's a win. I will take that. Okay, so um, I have $1,000 American dollars worth of Vietnamese dong. Now, mm-hmm. I can't even I can't even give it away. Nobody wants to mess with it. So literally, yeah. I told my I told the guys that own the, the Vietnamese market. I'm like, you got anybody going back to Vietnam? Well, I, I literally got a thousand dollars worth of duong, and they and you know they knew what it was worth. Like, oh, it's so fifty million, and I'm like, something like that. Yes, <laughs> have them buy me something, will you? <laughs> <laughs> how, how crazy is that shit? How are you, sir? What are we talking about today? I don't know. We had a couple of topics that we wanted to go through. <laughs> Man, let's talk about the entourage stuff because, you know, so I would be curious how that works. Like in your country where there's so dang many people, that's mm-hmm. the only way you could stand out. Yeah. So in my hometown of Kansas City, um, you have to pay to be a whale. And what I mean by that, a whale is somebody that's enough money to be able to come in and buy anything they want. They want specific seats and all this other stuff. You don't get that for free. And you need to know your maitre d's. You need to know the managers. You want to know, you want to know the bus boys because they control the dining room. It isn't a waiter. And so if you want a specific table, you text your bus boy. Lowest guy on the totem pole in the dining room controls the dining room. And they get you mm-hmm. what you want. And what people, when they first start making a little bit of money, want to boss everybody around and tell them what to do. And you go, no, 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 that's not the way to get it. <laughs> that doesn't get you anything <laughs> except somebody spitting in your food. I, I'm kidding. Well, not really. But, <laughs> but it's interesting to watch people go up the economic ladder because you guys are now getting out from under the, the British, uh, what is it, uh, the sole of their shoe. And, and you got a bunch of people moving up and you know, it's hard to move up because you go in stages, you make a little bit of money, you get to buy a bunch of stuff and usually it's stupid in 10 years, you regret all of it. But as you move up, you get, you, 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 you don't want to be put by the kitchen in a restaurant where yeah. I do want to be, I do want to be put in a, by a kitchen in a restaurant because I get the best food because they just think I'm normal. So the, uh, the entourage folks. So here's, here's who I've dealt with over the years. So my brother-in-law cooked for president Clinton and uh, president Bush, both of them. And they have a real entourage. That's what an entourage is. A real entourage. I have no problem with. I'm just so the reason why I mentioned to you that topic was just for the sole reason that I know so many people. Well, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen them alone anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they always show up with a crew of little minions. I couldn't figure out why. Like, what was the, what was the need of the overpowering? <laughs> so, what I've found is they want to, 
look like they're important because in Oklahoma, um, years ago, Aubrey McClendon was probably the hottest prospect business-wise. He was out riding a bicycle by himself, which was dangerous because evidently he was doing some, some relatively shady stuff. Harold Hamm, the richest man in our entire state, does not have an entourage, and he doesn't even buy custom-tailored suits. Mm-hmm. That's when you have real money. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the weird thing when you see like Bill Gates as well. That he's just in some random thing that some assistant right. picked up from the closest mall. <laughs> yeah, and, and literally off the rack. But but they don't care because they're they don't have to impress anybody. Um, and you know, I went through all of these phases. That's why I'm talking about it. But I never had an entourage anywhere. I don't want to go out with the same four or five people. I just find other people interesting, but it gets attention. So what you, you know, if somebody does something like that, then not, not in Oklahoma, but in Kansas city, my original city, we made a lot of films back in the day, Paul Newman, no entourage, just him and his wife would show up to the restaurant. Now, they didn't need a private room and they would pay for it, but they didn't have any other people floating around. But I waited on governors and all this other stuff that would come into my place and senators. And they always have security, but the goal of the security is not to be seen. They sit at another table. And the only way you know who it is is the governor picks up everybody's tab. Yeah, they kind of blend in so that they don't make it obvious or make it uncomfortable right. to the rest of the patrons around them. So that is where right. those are people who have the actual power and try not to right. show it off. Whereas <laughs> the noisy entourage is the one. <laughs> right. Here's here's what, what I would say from my upbringing, and it would be interesting to get your London take on that and your, your uh, Bangalore take on this. The most powerful person in the room is an Italian guy that's about five foot two in the corner, doesn't bother anybody, but everybody goes up and says hi to him. That's the actual, (laughs) that's the actual guy. The guy who rolls in with his bodyguards and all this other stuff, not the guy. So I don't know. And I don't know how that, how that turnaround happens. You know what I mean? How do you get to the point where you want people to think you're that big of a prospect but everybody kind of knows you're not. And uh, and do, all you're doing is picking up the tab for everybody. I mean, if you got enough money, 10 people will hang out with you because you're buying all their stuff. Yeah. Okay, so it, the trend in uh, Bangalore that I recently noticed is some of the nightclubs, if you go there, there are these yeah. guys who paid somebody like, like five grand for that night in Indian Derby. They just come and hang around. The weird part is I did see one of those it's some sort of weird flex that they try to show their friends that, hey, I can afford right. security one weird night of mine out. And there right. was this one time where the dude who got the security guard, the security guard just standing there looking at somebody kick this guy's ass. So he's like, I'm not doing anything for five grand. Right, exactly. <laughs> that right. looks like you can really hurt me. <laughs> what? It is, um, so I, I'm trying to think of some unique circumstances. So, you know, Brad Pitt was in my restaurant in Kansas City the day before his, uh, no, the, it was before he got his, you know, sexiest man in America thing. Dude, I thought he was a vagrant. He had no security. He didn't, and he looked, smelled like he'd been out for a few days. <laughs> I mean, it's the middle road people that are moving up 
Um, and, 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 you know, how many of those end up in prison? Cause you're just drawing attention to yourself. Yep. And if, if you're in the crime game, the goal would be to not draw attention to yourself. You know, once you get under the spotlight, the federal government has endless money, endless money to go after you and after you and after you, and they'll eventually get you for some shit. I mean, they, they will. If, if somebody yeah. followed me for 45 days, 24 hours a day, I'm sure they would cite me for something. I don't know what, but, you know, in 45 days, did I run a red light? <laughs> did I did I not renew one of the 5,000 damn licenses I need, you know, on time? It, it is, but the entourage theory, especially like if you're in Miami, nobody knows you. You got to have an entourage yep. to be seen you know, mm-hmm. but then, but then, you know, this as well as me, those guys don't get into clubs. The guys running the door at a club have to know you. They have to know your people and your people have to be good looking and well-dressed. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is a necessary criteria. for <laughs> Right. Yeah. If you want to be the man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have some mojo. So I was in Las Vegas one time and my, my kid's mom was about six foot tall and stunning, beautiful. And so we get this front row seat at a comedy show and the maitre d' standing there and I throw him like 20 bucks, but I didn't really want a front seat. And I also didn't want to have to pay for the front seat and all the other stuff. We just wanted to have fun. And the comedian comes out and made fun of us for 30 minutes, as you would expect a comedian to do with a six foot tall beauty next to some little geek like me. <laughs> But I don't, I remember um, being at a funeral and having to ride in the limousine and giving the the chauffeur driver, like I, was, I think it was just 20 bucks, you know, because I don't know how much they get paid or anything, but, you know, they're fitting eight of us in a car and it's uncomfortable and everybody's crying and all this stuff. And I just thought it was kind, but I also noticed somebody see me do it and give me a little uh-huh. nod like, oh, Okay. And if that buys you street cred, street cred's pretty cheap. <laughs> but, you know, in India, where everybody doesn't look the same, but you guys have similar black hair, brown skin, you know, men have a five o'clock shadow right after they shaved. It is, uh, mm-hmm. you, how do you, how do you, how do you stand out? Other than your accent, which makes everybody think you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can I can kind of just stand quietly and not even say a word, <laughs> which makes it even more pretentious when I'm around. <laughs> right. Oh my god. I yeah, but so is this to, is is it all to get the attraction of girls? How how does that work over there in a country of 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 uh, of arranged I think, marriages? I think large contracts. Still, you're trying to impress somebody who's around because in the yeah. cities, it's not all just arranged marriages anymore, right? Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Well, the TV show shows it is. <laughs> hey, if you talk to me about that matchmaking show on Netflix, one no, no. <laughs> okay, so I, I do want to give. Um, so, I my wife had a an Indian doctor that was her cancer doctor, and I do want to. The lady called me yesterday and talked to me for about thirty minutes, and her name's Doctor. And actually, I probably shouldn't have said that, should I? Um, Kindest deal in the entire world. And and if you think she's got an extra 30 minutes to be on the phone with me. (laughs) But it was was the kindest thing. And I don't think an American doctor would have ever um, taken that time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Pretty cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Back to the entourage. She doesn't roll with an entourage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the so thing, right? I heard somebody. I heard somebody mention how these people kind of live in that little bubble of that, and it's yeah. not even easy to talk to them if you're an outsider. So they won't even entertain right. it. Neither have right. they spoken to anybody who is not is part of the party or entourage in the past ten years. So they don't even know how to speak to other people outside of that group right. they run around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have no, you have no, no game. So the the thing is, let's say, do you know, do you have bottle service over there? It's a new thing, but I have seen it here yeah. and there where buddies of so, mine go and think that that's the coolest thing that they can ever do. So all that is for is to show everybody in there that you can afford to drink ungodly priced liquor and pour it yourself, which you could have done that shit at home. If you're if you're not going to talk to anybody, what do you what are you there for? You know what I mean? See, that's the that's the weird thing where I call those people like the BC. Like they want to go out, mm -hmm. not to have a chat with me, but they want to be seen at that place. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. And, and weird. so my, my first wife was a ballet dancer. She went to Juilliard, a, a famous school up in New York. And they would all go out dancing and they would go to this place called Studio 54. And it was a high rolling place. And you really... If you did, if you weren't rich, you had to be beautiful to get in. And so they'd be on the dance floor, and none of the the professional ballet people would ever try to do anything spectacular or show themselves. They just wanted to, they're dancers. That's what they do. They move, they want to have fun. And every once in a while, she said, you would get people that were trying to show off. And then you would find that there were 40 professional dancers in the place, just like a dance-off, like a gang dance-off to show them. <laughs> There's a there's a disadvantage to that attention. And I know it seems fun for a while. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. I, I always joke and go, if you're the person that goes into a five-star restaurant and pays in cash, everybody notices. You don't need an entourage, but they also notice that you paid with cash, which means something. Mm -hmm. And that would get you way further than the entourage. Isn't that crazy? But because people don't really know what others are looking for. It isn't that people, you know, uh, look, old money got their old money by doing all of that shit a hundred years ago instead of now. So they know what it looks like and they'll do business with those folks, just not publicly. <laughs> See, but I think what you asked me earlier, like about yeah. the most um, feared person in restaurants you've been yeah. around with always the tiny little Italian man sitting in the back of the restaurant. Right. It was that way even, I think, in the UK yeah. and here. It's just right. that, I think it's more of a generational thing, where the newer ones yeah. are louder yeah. to attract all the attention for themselves. But isn't that just being a mobster in the social media era, which it, you will be busted because you are literally showing your crimes on film. The toughest people in the world are in the graveyard or in prison. <laughs> and they were probably not filming themselves. Somebody else was filming them. And, and so these guys are literally just handing um, <laughs> the operations that are investigating them over. Because here's the thing. What if you weren't a criminal and you just behaved like that? Because people with, with multi-generational wealth, um, and most everybody probably in their circle or the circle they would work in know that. So they don't need to do bottle service, you know, unless they're trying to impress somebody. We, we had a guy here 
that um, one of the one of the bigger family names here that would fly women on his private jet. And you go, you know, these days women don't really hold out sex. If they want to have sex with you, they will. You don't have to fly them on your jet and all this other stuff. But that's that was his spiel, and you you know who I'm talking about. I'm quite sure, um, right? You just, just want to go, hey, bro. You, you don't have to work, work this. <laughs> it's, it's it's the 2000s. You don't have to work this hard. <laughs> you know, maybe back in the 90s, you had to do that stuff. It, it's it's an interesting um, dynamic of ego to walk in and go, here I am. Um, can I get a table from you, sir? So I used to always joke, um, I, had a, I had a high-end seafood restaurant here uh, about 15 or 20 years ago. And, uh, and I had a cell phone, but I hated having a cell phone. But if you had my cell phone number, you were a whale. Uh, nobody else mm-hmm. had it. And, uh, yeah. and I sat this incredibly prominent person by the front door on a cold, rainy night. And one of his underlings chastised me. Literally, and was yelling at me in my own place about where I sat somebody. Oh, and the, the, the extremely wealthy and powerful man walked back into my kitchen and goes, why are you talking to him? And he goes, well, you know, I was looking out for you. He did this. And I said, he goes, yeah, I called Sean on his cell phone and he got me in. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing went flat. And, I, and look, I'm not important. I'm just the guy that has the space they want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just a facilitator yeah. on this deal. It doesn't make me important, but if you know, if you really are a player, you know, you're not you don't need to show off, man. I mean, you just you just don't need to show off. Oh yeah. Like I you always have to worry about the fly <laughs> Right. Well, because they're observing everything and they're mm-hmm. taking it all in. I what I would suggest to anybody that's an up and comer. Go to the same restaurant once a week for a while so they know you. And then you don't have to go once a week and go once a month or whatever, whatever you want, if that's what you're looking for. You know, but there's also anonymity is priceless where people don't know you and you get to just go be yourself and nobody's watching you and you get to have some fun. Does life on stage sucks? I mean, it really does. Yeah. When everybody's watching you all the time, that is not fun. Um, I'd, I'd go back to this Brad Pitt thing because I didn't recognize him. A customer asked me if they could go ask him for an autograph. And I said, you know, we don't do that here. And he goes, not I know, but, you know, I've never seen him before. And I go, no, 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 it's still not happening. If, mm-hmm. if you are the man, people yeah. that you don't even know will protect you from, from regular folks. Mm-hmm. You know, because they don't yeah. mean any harm. I went up to this famous football player when I was a kid. And asked him for his autograph. And he gave it mm-hmm. to me. But he's, he, and he wasn't stern. He was really sweet about it. <clears throat> he said, just for in the future, when you see somebody with their family having dinner, give them, just give them the time. You know, if they're going to the restroom or something, you can ask them, you know, or if, they, if they're walking out. But I don't get very much time with my family. And he really, I mean, he was so delicate and explained it so sweetly. But he did give me the autograph, which is all I want. So I didn't give a shit. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> but in retrospect, what a nice guy, you know? Yeah. Do you know, there's a, there's a very famous comedian who I ran into in uh, New York. Yeah. And he took a picture yeah. with me. And before taking that picture, he asked me, what's this for? I was like, oh, no, I wanted to show folks this. 
And he was like, not supposed to media. I was like, no. He was like, oh, there's some guy next to me. <laughs> like, he was like, here's the phone. He didn't want to take a picture if he thought that I was just doing it, like, to post it on my social media to get yeah. paid. Right. Yeah. Everybody's okay with that. It's the, and, and then you've got these assholes that sell stuff like that. You know, that's, mm-hmm. it's never cool. Um, I just, I just learned over the years, you know, people like us senators, you know, there's, there's uh there's a hundred and whatever, a hundred and two of them or four. I, I truthfully don't know the amount, which is embarrassing, but I don't, but they're a very small segment and they control one third of the government. When those mm-hmm. folks come in, their security comes in first. They'll get a table. They don't want anybody to notice. People are still mm-hmm. free to say hello to them, but you're not okay to approach them because they don't know yeah. if you're going to go shoot them or not, you know, anymore, especially anymore. You got to be legitimately concerned. Um, our former governor here was female and, uh, and she could not sit at a bar with a glass of wine. She had to wait until they were sat at a table and there were other people at the table. Anybody got the picture of it, you know, her poll numbers would drop. How crazy is that that that's the shit you got to worry about? It is so weird. Like in your place, there have been like senators, governors, all huh? of them just hanging around. And it never made anybody else uncomfortable. Because this security no. was usually just somewhere around and just blended right. in with the rest of the pop stuff. And right. <laughs> just that's, but that's what they want. <laughs> Yeah, plus I think you and I were usually making so much noise that they were like, oh, right. no. <laughs> didn't, it didn't matter. The, um, I, the trick to dealing with legitimately powerful people over the entourage folks, the entourage folks you got to be careful with because if they think you've disrespected them, you're going to have a public scene and then you've got five assholes you have to fight rather than just go, hey, I didn't mean anything by it. You're just disturbing other people. And we can't have that. And I wouldn't let them disturb you either. You know, yeah. it's that is delicate because up and comers want to prove themselves and they will do it in whatever way is needed. So, you know, from an owner standpoint, those guys are scary and not scary. Like I'm afraid of them, but the unpredictable is probably the correct word. That makes sense. Or hey, volatile. Hey. Let's go with volatile. Volatile. Volatile is a better yeah. word. Like those are, the, yeah. those are the tables when I see them. And someone's like, oh, my God, they're so noisy. I'll look at them and be like, shush, he's holding a fucking bottle. <laughs> if he hits me on the head with that, you're on your own, love. <laughs> exactly. You're on. Okay, I'll give you an example. You and I went to go get your driver's license. Do you remember all the cameras turning to us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we literally were watching surveillance, watching us go in, which mm-hmm. was still to this day, probably the weirdest surveillance I've ever had. I don't know what you did, but you did something. No, I'm kidding. He, you were brown. Yeah, That's why it happened. We did, this wasn't a, like a DMV. This was because I was a foreign national. We had to go to the main center. <laughs> why they had the state of the art yes. surveillance check who's getting their driver's license. Just, to get, just to get a driver's license. Just to get a driver's license. It was interesting. I mean, it really, it really. That was that was kind of an eye opener, and, and you look at something like that and go, "Okay, well, I don't want that happening every day." But, you know, because you don't know what they're looking at you for, and obviously that thing was scanning us and every other damn thing because that was a complicated one. Um, yeah. The 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 question for everybody is is how well do you want to be known, and why do you want to be known? If if you're a street thug and you want to be known as a street thug. 
Um, that's pretty easy. But the problem is with video these days, anything you do is going to be on the internet. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's not the pre 2000s where you can do about anything and nothing happens. I mean, it's just. Say that also the third question, right? What are you willing to give up? Right. For, for that, mm-hmm. it's not even fame and it, it's not even infamy. Literally, nobody gives a shit. So I'm try- God. I can't remember the name of this actor. He was in Goodfellas, the star of Goodfellas. What's the guy's? Not Robert De Niro. What's the young man's name? He had pockmarks on his face. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> I know. We have he's sitting next to my. He, well, he, he's sitting at a restaurant next to my kid's mom and myself, and uh, and he was just trying to have fun with the girl that he was with, and it wasn't. It looked like it was kind of a business date. You know what I mean? Where you're not you're not yeah. trying to get any action. You're not trying to get him back to your apartment or anything, and uh, and no one bothered him the entire time. No one. Ray Leota, whatever his name is. Yeah, um, Ray Leota. Yeah. Ray Liotta. That's who it was. And, uh, and you know, at the end of it, he gave us a little nod and was like, hey, thanks. And then headed out. You know, mm-hmm. we were going to, shit, I, I just want to have my dinner with my people. <laughs> it is, um, I think we're all impressed with talentless people to no end anymore. And Ray Liotta's talented, so I'm not talking about him. But if you're social media famous, you don't mean anything. I mean, this this chick that's lives lives of TikTok in America. She's got two million followers. Dude, you're you're not famous. You're mediocre looking. You got bad teeth, and you may have two million followers, but that's it. Is that is that fame? I mean, what what is that? Because you're just yeah. an asshole. <laughs> Wait, there is like uh, one time where I was <laughs> it was my intro on stage for the audience. Super important to a handful of people in maybe four pubs around the world. <laughs> that's okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That that is actually quality. It 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 um at my age, I'm 60, and you are what 30, 30 what? Whoa, holy shit! You're closing in on 40. Yeah. Wow. That's when it goes bad, bro. No, I'm kidding. Look at at 60. I want to not be known some places. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I really mean that. I just want to go have some decent coffee and have nobody say hello to me. And that's what an asshole thing for me to do. Cause you know, they just are being nice, but I'm like, I just fucking want to have some coffee, man. I go to the Indian grocery store and I don't know if it's because of this podcast or what I'm evidently famous there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally. Awesome. And everyone's like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, I do want to tell you, so they got a new machine. It's like a Mexican tortilla machine, but it makes um, not ciabatta. That's Italian. What is yours? What's yours called? Chi, 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 the, the paper thin bread that I don't like. Oh, uh, it's the begins with a C H. Right, and they puff up. It's just, it's made mm-hmm. exactly like pita bread and tortillas. That uh, yeah. I'm sitting over there chat, chatting with them, but I came walking up there. Hello. <laughs> and you know, they're, they're not the friendliest folks in the entire world, but yeah, for some reason I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's your fault, but, uh, or your sister's fault, but I got, I got some, I got some juice fault. in that place. Right. <laughs> I got some juice <laughs> in that place, <laughs> but I was looking for, uh, 
I was making, I got to make sticky toffee pudding for tonight. So I was getting. Uh, I really wanted to tell people that because it's Valentine's Day tomorrow and yep. these people need to celebrate, you had to show up at 1 a.m. in the morning to right. stop cooking and prepping. <laughs> yes. And, and I could show you the entire racks of three different breads I had to make to get ready for it. But that. Here's the thing. I love Valentine's because I like to see people at the peak of their relationships. You know, we get to see the beginnings, the peak, uh, then the affairs, then the divorce, then the ugliness, and then another peak. <laughs> that's that's the job I've chosen. It's the life I've mm -hmm. chosen. It's it's crazy. I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna carry this for a second and move out of my good lighting because I have to get. My nose is itching so bad. I'm afraid to sneeze. Um, let me let me let me talk to you about a, a couple of other things. Do you do Valentine's Day over there? Yeah, they do. It's like Man, every place. Can... Every place is probably like booked up today. Well, it is. Uh, it is an interesting holiday. When I was younger, I. I don't know if I was just really a negative person, but I was like, you know, that's just a scam so people can make money and this and this and this. But I worked in the industry that made money off of this. Off of it. So it was kind of ridiculous. No, what was I that joke about Valentine's Day film? Um, doesn't Cupid's arrow cause consent issues? <laughs> It is, uh, I think I think it's interesting that we have a day to celebrate the fact that people get along. That's that's mm. probably what we should call it. Get along day. Because you know it's hard to it's hard to get along with people anymore. How much okay, you're yeah. you're free you're freezing up on me. I have a feeling that even they are unhappy about what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they meaning who here I here's my here's before we go out, I, okay, everybody thinks that artificial intelligence is so great, right? Mm -hmm. It's the future or it's the fear or anything else. My, I've been married to Kathy for 20, 23 years. And so when I do voice text, they misspell her name three different ways. Three and until they can get the name straight, I'm just not that impressed. I am sorry. <laughs> you can you can give me a dissertation on anything, but you can't spell the person's name that I say the most correctly. Yeah. And I think yeah. after I correct it four or five times, they should have somewhere where it goes, hey, we're doing it wrong, man. And just spell it this way. Hey, nope. you know, just to give you a brief, there was a contract that I was looking at. This. Here's what I told you about training an AI model where it just yeah. gives you things that you are trying to correct on these things that are already out there. So right. it basically generates a question like, did I say this correctly? And it will say something. Right. And you have to click on the option that is correct. Oh, nice. So yeah. it's basically teaching these damn things. So they keep getting smarter, but it's going to take a while before it realizes that it's using three different variations of Kathy's name and correct. Right. <laughs> but it's it's been a while. I think I I, I <laughs> you just sit there and go with all of this shit you can do. I mean, it's it's the common cold of the internet. <laughs> <Not at all>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, take us out then, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and go back to sleep, and then come back in and make my. So tonight I'm doing steak, Diane, and some crab cakes and sticky toffee pudding are all my specials for tonight on one side, 
And then the other side, mm-hmm. I think we're going to do crab cakes as well. But we've got fresh chili and sea bass. Some California halibut. Pretty nice. Have you had California oh, halibut? It's like a mm-hmm. like a like a lighter hey, version you, of halibut. It's probably when you had land and sea. I'm pretty sure you got me that yeah. one. Right. Yep. Cool. All right, my friend. Take us out, buddy. That sounds like a lovely Valentine's menu. So the restaurant. <laughs>